0: Before we start this episode, I just wanted to go ahead and let you know that as we're mentioning resources during this conversation of hermeneutics and Bible study, don't worry if you can't keep up and memorize all these as you go along. We're going to try to put them all in the show notes for the episode, which you'll be able to find typically if you're on a smartphone. If you're listening in the podcast app, you'll be able to tap the screen and see the notes and the links right there in front of you. But you can also find it in the, in the description of the episode from the website, gsot.edu slash savinggrace. Without taking up more of your time, here's Catherine Barner. This is Saving Grace, living in light of God's love. A podcast ministry brought to you by Grace School of Theology. A seminary to the world, committed to the truth of scripture and life application through the lens of grace. Hello, and welcome to Saving Grace, living in light of God's love. I'm Katherine Barner, your guest host for today. In our last episode, we talked about why hermeneutics is an important topic and the potential impact of equipping people in this area all over the world. If you haven't had an opportunity to listen to that show, we'd probably recommend that you go back and listen to that one first. Today, we're going to continue that conversation by talking about some personal application of hermeneutics and how we can be equipped to minister in any context we may find ourselves. I'm joined again by Dr. Ezekiel Serrato, Undergraduate Dean and Professor of Systematic Theology here at Grace School of Theology. Dr. Serrato, welcome back to Saving Grace. Thank you. All right. Well, as I mentioned, we're digging a little bit deeper into our last conversation on hermeneutics. So, one of the things that people may be asking as, they're, as they've listened to our first podcast and, and listening to us today is how and where do I get started? So let's just let's tackle that one first. When people are thinking about hermeneutics and studying more, where should they go? Where should they begin to even start to dig in deeper?
1: Well, I think we have some excellent resources today. Let's remember that hermeneutics is the science, and as a science. It deals with principles. It mm-hmm. deals with rules that mm-hmm. need to apply consistently to the biblical text. When you do that, you get to the authorial intent. So there are excellent book resources out there. Maybe I would recommend some, uh, such as uh, Roy Zuck has written a Good book, basic uh, biblical interpretation. Mm -hmm. Berkler has written a book on hermeneutics, gets you a a general introduction. There's also a very good book by Gordon and Stewart. They both wrote a book on reading the the Bible for all it's worth. Mm -hmm. And it deals with the literary genres that compose the scripture and basic principles that need to be applied according to each genre. Mm-hmm. So I mean there's excellent material mm-hmm. that I think will help the student become aware of the principles mm-hmm. of the rules and then by practice starting to apply these to biblical studies. I think it's a good place to, to start. Amazon is an excellent place to find books mm-hmm. and they'll deliver those books to your own home so yes. you don't have to you know go sh- shop around for them. Mm-hmm. So.
0: And if I wanted to do if I was just on the internet, you mentioned that because we do, we have so many resources available to us now, particularly with the internet and technology. If I wanted to do uh let's say just a basic search on on the internet for Bible study, would I just type in hermeneutics? Would I how would I do that if I were just at home online searching? Yeah, you
1: always have to be very careful where you're when you're in the internet. Mm-hmm. Because it'll take you to places, different places maybe you will wanna go. Right. Instead of uh Leading you to the truth will deviate you from right. from the truth. So you have to be very careful. Uh, maybe, um, I mean, there's a lot of, of good sites, but uh, I would recommend, for example, precipaustin.org. Okay. It has excellent resources on studying scripture. You mm-hmm. know, it has a lot of commentaries, mm-hmm. a lot of good quotes from great uh, men of God. So I would recommend a page such as that. Okay preceptaustin.org. Wonderful.
0: preceptaustin.org. Very good resource. Well, let me ask you this, Dr. Serrato. At, here at, at Grace, the student base is is so wide. And we mentioned that, I think, in in our first podcast that we talked about where we have teaching sites literally all over the world now. So students are learning with others who live and minister in very different environments. And so it seems that it could look a little different if we're trying to learn to apply the Bible, let's say here in Texas versus in Cuba or versus in in Manila. So what do you think are some keys for us as we learn to understand and apply the Bible, no matter what our geographical location is?
1: Well, uh, we, I think I said in the first uh, program that the interpretation is one. Applications mm-hmm. are many. Mm-hmm. One of the things... I believe it's very important when it comes to application. Application should be the final step in all this process. Gotcha. There is there is a scientific approach to studying the Scripture. It's called the inductive approach, mm-hmm. where you start with observation. What does the text say? Okay. And then once you do all the observation you 're ready to the next step, which is interpretation. Mm-hmm. What does the text mean mm-hmm. it 's at this level that uh, you come to understand the principle or the truth that the text uh, is is teaching mm-hmm. okay Once you have that meaning of the text understood, then you 're ready for the third step, mm-hmm. which is application. But when you do application you 're applying already something that you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it's corresponds to the true meaning of the text. Sometimes we are too quick to jump to applications without doing an interpretation ah. of the text. That's super ah. dangerous. I remember reading in a, in a textbook of a lady that was convinced she was having an affair. She was convinced that God was saying to her to go and and, and leave her husband mm-hmm. and marry this other guy. Mm -hmm. She was convinced of that. And she was telling her marriage counselor uh, about that. And when the marriage counselor said, well, how is God leading you? Mm -hmm. How is God speaking to you? Uh, Well, she says through the scripture. For example, in Ephesians, it says that put on the new man. Mm. So she was understanding that God was telling her by put on the new man, to telling uh, telling her to leave her husband and get a and, new one <laughs> and get the, get a new one correct i mean she wanted to apply this to her life wow obviously an application of that mm-hmm. is based on a misinterpretation of the of biblical the text so wow. whenever you're going to make an application make sure that the application is grounded on a proper interpretation wow. of the text
0: wow wow that's that's so good and and we laugh about that but i think you're right it's Um, It is a problem a lot where we jump straight to application without knowing what the text is even saying. And so backing up from there, you mentioned the observation piece. So just going, what does it say? What, What does the text say? And then jumping to the interpretation piece. Okay, what does it mean?
1: Correct.
0: And then I hear you saying the third phase, the now the application, what does it mean or to how,
1: how can I apply how it? can I
0: apply it to my life based on what it means in context?
1: Exactly. Wow. Exactly. That's that's crucial. Yeah. That's crucial. Many of the abuses that are occurring today had to do with misinterpretation mm. of scripture. People are misapplying the text, for example they're they're taking promises mm-hmm. that were not directed to them mm. they're taking commands in, in in the Bible that were not intended for them to keep right you know so I mean it's very easy, very, very easy to misapply scripture, right, especially when it's grounded on a misinterpretation right. of the biblical text
0: wow so so as you're saying that you know i I, I think people can see now why why hermeneutics is so important as you're breaking down those, those three phases. And I think just the example you gave there, again, you know, we kind of laugh about it, but how, really how sad that is, is and how detrimental that can be to someone's life when they are uh, not interpreting Scripture correctly and then, of course, not applying it correctly. And I think a, a step further is those of us who teach and preach God's Word, when we aren't doing the work, to properly observe the text, interpret the text, and then help others apply the text, how we can lead others into a very, very dangerous area.
1: Of course. J- just imagine a person claiming a promise that was not intended, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. saying, uh, God, you have failed me. Yeah. God, I, I have put my trust in you, yet uh, you have not followed up on, yeah. on your promise. They're accusing God of of being unfaithful, mm-hmm. whereas the problem... Is, lies not with, God, not with God but their misinterpretation misapplication of scripture wow so I mean it is it has devastating effects absolutely on our lives when wow. we don't properly understand God's word
0: wow so good so what are some things because as we mentioned in in the first podcast you this is a, again something that you're really passionate about and you travel a lot teaching and teaching others how to properly in uh understand God's Word and then to teach God's Word. So what are some things that you've learned from teaching hermeneutics to so many different people in different cultures?
1: What I've learned is that people have this hunger. Mm-hmm. People have this hunger to, to, to learn the Word of God. And always at the end of my, uh, my, uh, my courses, I get these reactions. Now I read the Bible, but I read the Bible differently. Wow. It has blessed so much my life, you know, Again, they're reading with understanding, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. And again, what brings about this this joy, this this hunger? But the Word of God. Yeah. The more you read it, the more you understand it. The more you hear the voice of God speaking to you. I mean, the more you want to hear. Yeah. The more you want to hear.
0: Wow. And I think I, I'm I'm g- hearken back to again that word you talked about in our first podcast is the truth. Going back to when when we're hearing and understanding the truth of God's Word then that's what changes and transforms our lives.
1: Truth sets us free.
0: Yes, absolutely. Can you share, you mentioned a little bit, can you share some of the places where, where you've gone? I know you talked a little bit in the first podcast, some of the other places where you've gone and you've taught our hermeneutics and, and, and how you've been received uh, in those locations when you're teaching the truth of God's Word and teaching the importance of the truth of God's Word.
1: Oh, I've been received... Uh feel like if I were the apostle Paul himself mm. you know people <laughs> are so hospitable and uh, so eager to learn you know mm. so i've taught in panama i've taught in in uh, i'm going to be teaching in fact in the dominican republic wow. a course on hermeneutics in the summer but uh, again i've been treated very well and mm. and it's always encouraging and exciting to see both men and women Mm -hmm. preparing uh, because they are currently serving God in the local church. Some of them are Sunday school teachers. Mm -hmm. You know, you say, how can a Sunday school teacher that's teaching children benefit from hermeneutics? Mm. Well, children need to hear what? The truth of of God's word, you know, especially at their age. Right. If we can make a difference there, I mean, uh, if we win... Uh, someone said, if we win uh, uh, a grown up for Christ, we've learned uh, with, uh, we've uh, won a life. Mm-hmm. But if we win a child for the Lord, we have won whole wow. life, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's encouraging to see both men and women in ministry studying the Word and, and receiving well the subject and mm-hmm. doing so well. I mean, wow. excellent uh, students. We wow. have students that are doctors. We have students that are lawyers or lay pastors, mm-hmm. yet they are studying wholeheartedly the the course. Of
0: course. Wow. And I think that's important that you brought that up because, and I, th- I think we may have touched on it a little bit again in the first podcast, that that this this whole idea of hermeneutics and properly studying God's Word isn't just for someone who's in seminary. This is for all of us. Correct to dig deeper into God's word. And like you said, to, to be able, the example you just gave of the woman who was thinking about leaving her, leaving her husband, how this changes all of our lives. And, and that's, that's the point of it for us to be changed and transformed uh, to get closer and closer to get to Christ's image. Right. Wow. So what, what are some things or, or do you see that there may be some common traps or some mistakes that people, where people get stuck as they start going deeper and understanding how to study God's word?
1: Yes, uh, I could think of one, for example, mm. in the context of seminary students. Okay. It is very easy to see hermeneutics as an end in itself mm. and not as a means to an end. Okay. Hermeneutics, it's only a means to an end. Is a means to get to the authorial intent, get to the meaning intended by the Holy Spirit right. through the apostle or the, or the prophet right. or the author of the book of the Bible, you know but the ultimate end is to take that commandment or that truth or that principle mm-hmm. and incorporate it into our lives yeah that's the ultimate goal. See hermeneutics only as a rational. Discipline, mm-hmm. devoid of any spirituality. Mm. It is not an either or, it's both. Right. Hermeneutics is both a rational yes, mm-hmm. as Mel Couch used to say, it takes mental sweat. Right. Oh, it's, absolutely. It's not easy. It takes <laughs> mental sweat, you know, to, to engage the, the scriptures, to mm-hmm. look at the grammar, mm-hmm. see the prepositions, see the conjunctions, see the, the voice, the mood, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, tense of the verb, all yes. that takes uh, mental sweat. But it's also a spiritual endeavor. Mm. The Spirit of God it works, and we have to be sensitive to His voice directing our study uh, and helping us understand the text.
0: Wow. And that's a great example. And so what, what I'm hearing is it's not just knowledge for knowledge's sake. It's, there's, there's so much more beyond that.
1: Of course. Yeah. And the Scriptures are very plain in that. Mm-hmm. James, in fact— that's one of the things he reminds us, be yeah. not hearers yes. of the word, but doers, doers of the word, because yeah. it's the doers that will prosper. Yeah, You know, and uh, I mean, that's something to really accept wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. We will never change. We might be walking in encyclopedias, mm-hmm. uh, knowing from Genesis to Revelation, wow. having all this knowledge, but it will affect us in nothing if we don't apply those truths to our lives.
0: If we don't do something with it. Exactly. Wow. And you mentioned particularly seminary students and that being kind of a danger, you know, of, of having uh, all this knowledge, uh, but, but then doing nothing with it. What about, you know, the lay person? Um, not even Sunday school teacher, you know, the, the mom at home who doesn't even see the need to to go that deep, you know, who who may view it as this is something for a seminary student. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you help them understand the impact of what hermeneutics really does for their life?
1: Well I think as as soon as they hear they have a basic understanding of what hermeneutics provides mm-hmm. the benefits and they start applying that to the text I think that they will themselves be convinced of the importance that it has, mm-hmm. not only for the pastor mm-hmm. or the missionary, but for their own life. Right. They need to guidance. They need to know how to be a good mom Right. or a good wife, you know, and the mm-hmm. Bible has a lot to teach on that. So I think that, again, they need some basic understanding uh, about what hermeneutics uh, is and the benefits. And once they understand that and start applying that, that approach to mm-hmm. scripture, They'll see the benefits, yeah. And um, again, I think they will be hooked on 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 the reading of scripture. Absolutely.
0: So, so it almost becomes a natural outflow once once you get in it and you start to see correct how God's word is really active and how you and when you begin to apply the truth of that, it's just a natural outflow that you'll want more.
1: That's I couldn't have said it better myself.
0: Wow. Wow so what, so what would you or, or when would you when, when you talk about someone who who may be thinking about seminary, when would you advise a person to consider pursuing a seminary education or perhaps even a seminary degree and how do you well, let 's start there when, when would you encourage someone to do that and then i 've got a follow up question for you on
1: Well, that. I think that not all people are called to be pastors, mm-hmm. not all people are called to be missionaries. Mm-hmm. But those of us that have been called to minister the word, yeah, we have again the bar that has been raised, and that is whenever we're going to speak, we speak according to the oracle of God. So we better know the oracle of God. Yeah, you know. So um, that's why I would recommend a person that has been gifted by God as a teacher, mm-hmm. a pastor, to pursue theological education. Why? It will give them the tools to do the uh, his task correctly.
0: Yeah. And so so beyond having those tools, how do how do you see or how do you think it benefits people to have that that deeper seminary education or a seminary degree? What are some of the benefits that you see for for pastors, leaders or even for, for folks who may not be but who have a yearning to go much deeper in God's
1: word? Benefits personally for their lives right, or for their right. ministry?
0: Benefits for personally for their life.
1: Well, obviously, it will bring them into a close fellowship with God, more intimacy with God, which is crucial. Mm. You know, as we have a better relationship or, or as we have more intimacy with God, fellowship with God, that will affect horizontally our relationship mm. with others. Mm. You know, so, I mean often the reason why we don't have good fellowship with other people is because first of all we don't have a good fellowship with God wow so as we have fellowship with God uh, and it's good uh, i think it will affect the pastor who's also a husband who's mm. also a friend uh, who's also an employee you know and in, in, in how to be a better person wow. more godly person
0: so so it doesn't it doesn't stop in the pulpit for the pastor on Sunday is what you're telling me. So, mm-hmm. so it goes throughout the week, as you said, when he gets home and he's husband and dad. Correct. Are, and if he has a, another job, if he's not full-time pastor, so when he gets to work on Wednesday. Um, so it's, it's a full circle kind of deal is what I'm hearing you say. Correct.
1: And uh, also, I mean, pastors are called to preach the word.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we're not called to preach what we think. Mm. We're not called to preach what we feel. We're not called to preach based on what is the current trend or feeling of people, the majority. We are called to preach the Word, and nothing but the Word, as Paul said to Timothy. You know, you preach the Word. Preach the Word. Whether they want to hear or not, whether it's popular to do so, you preach the Word. And one of the things we need today is faithful men. Mm -hmm. Faithful men committed to God, committed to Mm -hmm. His Word. We need more Luthers. Yeah, uh, you know that are captivated by the word of God and will say, "Here I stand." Yeah, and upon this truth I live, and I'm willing to die. To
0: willing to die on it. Wow, that's that's great. And so uh, along those lines, and you you touched on something, and we'll we'll take a curve here just a little bit when you talk about um, the need to have you know faithful men, faithful women who are willing to stand on God's word. You know what. Are, Particularly when we look around today, um at, at the culture and and as we're talking about hermeneutics, what do you see, I guess, as one of the biggest detriments to to that, to having people want to study God's word when we look at the culture and how how kind of crazy things have gotten.
1: Correct. And one of the I don't know if this is exactly a response Direct response to your question, mm. but one of the things that that I see lacking today on the part of the church, and sadly even on the part of many of our leaders of the church, is a lack of discernment. Mm. You know, discernment. What is discernment? Is that mm. ability to be able to recognize truth from error? Mm. Uh, the church has no discernment today. And one of the reasons why there's no discernment is because there's no knowledge of the truth. Yeah. You know, I mean, one of the a universal principle is if you want to know what is true or false, in the case of a diamond, know what a Genuine diamond is. Mm-hmm. Once you know to recognize a genuine diamond, you'll be able to recognize those that are false. Right. Same thing with the pearl. Same thing with the uh, money. Yeah. You know You 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 know the, the the genuine one. You know the the that which is true. Mm-hmm. And once you know that, you'll be able and capable of of uh, discerning that which is not authentic. Right. Not genuine. Not true. So the basic principle is: we as believers, the church day needs to discern the spirits. As, yeah. uh, as John wrote, mm-hmm. Beloved, do not believe. That's, mm. that's an imperative. Yeah. Do not believe in spirits, but test. That's a test second the... uh, imperative. But test the spirits where they are of God, because mm-hmm. the reason there are many false prophets that have gone, gone out into the world. Right. So what is it telling us? We need to discern. Yeah. But in order to discern we must know the truth. We have to know. We know that we, we, we must know the truth.
0: Yeah. I think as you're talking, I think about, you know, obviously when when Satan came to tempt Jesus, you know, he could only the only way he could combat that with God's word was he had to know it. And Correct. so when we are in those situations and as I said, as as there's so much going on in our culture, the only way we can combat that is we've got to know what God's word says. If we don't Correct. know we don't, like you said, we're not able to discern what's false Correct. because we don't
1: know what's truth. Correct. And and why is it that we don't know? Mm-hmm. Because nobody's teaching us. Right. That's our responsibility as pastors, right. as teachers. Right. To train and teach our church mm-hmm. the truth so yeah. that they are capable of discerning.
0: Exactly. To equip the saints.
1: Exactly. Yeah. For the work of the ministry. The,
0: yeah. Wow. So someone may be listening, Dr. Serrato, who who's interested in learning more about studying the Bible, but they don't really feel like they're ready to be a seminary student. They're thinking this, the seminary thing is not for me. Um, What would be one step that you would advise them to take in order to start moving in the direction of going deeper in their Bible study?
1: Uh, I think I I said something about this in the first uh, program. Start thinking as you study or begin to study the word of God, in reading letters as a whole and books as a whole, so start reading from chapter one. Mm-hmm. Let's take, for example, Romans. Mm-hmm. Start reading from 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 start, and as you are advancing uh, in your reading from one verse to other, try to think and keep in mind what the author is is saying. Mm-hmm. You know, for example. Uh, Let's say you're reading uh, Romans chapter one, verse 15, where Paul says, so as much as is in me, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. So here the apostle Paul is expressing his eagerness, his desire to go and preach the gospel to those people that are in Rome. That's, Mm. that's his desire. Right. And then as we continue, verse 16 says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel Mm. of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jews first and also for the Greek. Verse 17, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So as you are reading from verse 15 on to verse 16, notice, for example, the first word, the four
0: Hmm. in
1: verse 16, the four is is a conjunction, That means that verse 16 is related to verse 15. It's a continuation Mm -hmm. of the thought of Paul's desire. Paul wants to go to Rome. Why? The reason he gives in verse 16. For, because I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Wow. That's the first reason. Then he says, for, again, another Mm -hmm. conjunction. It is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jews first, and also for the Greek. Wow. So he basically gives two reasons why he is eager to go, and preach, to go and preach the gospel. One, he's not ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. Second, it is the power of God.
0: Exactly, It
1: has the power to save uh, Jew or Gentile or whoever. Then he goes on to verse 17. And again, what do you see in verse 17? Conjunction four. four. Another, you have the third reason. Because in it, that is in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, uh, the just shall live by faith. So what are you doing? You're being guided by the text. Mm. You're letting the text guide you in understanding the flow of thought of the biblical author. He desires to go to Rome. Why? Why? Three reasons. He's not ashamed of it. Second, it is the power of God to salvation. Third, in the gospel, he learns that the righteous shall live by faith and faith alone. Wow. So you see, when, when you start... Being led by the text, you let the, 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 the text lead you in the interpretation. You become aware of what the author is doing in the text. And it is exciting. Yeah. It's exciting to understand that you don't have to, and, and you must not take text in isolation. Exactly. But you must follow up the, the thought of the biblical author. And once you understand, then you can uh, see what Paul is saying and then reflect Is there something uh, in these texts that I should be applying to my life? To my own life, right. Yeah.
0: So as I'm reading that, Dr. Serato, so then, so should I have my notepad out as I'm, you know, if I'm, I'm just starting out, should I have my notepad? And as you just brought out there, those those three fours that are in there, should I be underlining that? Should I be taking notes or, or questions that I have as
1: I'm reading? It is good. Mm-hmm. Not all people mm-hmm. are like that, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, there are other people that are very okay. uh, organized, and if it's good uh, for you, I think... Mm-hmm. Of course, you should take notes okay. uh, and, uh, and learn. Uh, this is one of the things that I believe a course in hermeneutics does for you. It, it makes you aware that there is a text involved. Mm-hmm. It makes you aware of the text. It makes you respect the text. Mm-hmm. Interpretation has to do with the text Getting to the intended meaning of the author by the text, so you you let the text guide you. Right. What are you saying, to Paul? Mm. You know, and and you guide, you are guided by the text. Wow. So so
0: one more question, as if we're talking about just some some practical things for this person who who may again not want seminary but just want to go deeper. Is there a particular version? of the Bible that you would recommend? Because there, I, we know there's so many out there. What would you recommend as a good starting point as a version for someone who wants to, to start studying God's Word a little bit more?
1: Well, this could be kind of subjective <laughs> because, uh, I mean, we all have preferences. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think uh, New King James Version okay. uh, is, is, is good. The uh, American uh, Standard Version, mm-hmm. it's also a very good uh, study Mm-hmm. Uh, study Bible. Okay, there are other more paraphrased, but uh, again, those are not good for biblical studies. You want them, you want translations that are very close to the original, right? You know, and uh, therefore, uh, I would recommend maybe maybe those two.
0: Okay, great. I love that. Again, Dr. Serrato, once again, this has been a great conversation, um, I believe. And I really hope, I believe that people are going to be helped um, by hearing what you've talked about and and helping us to put some feet to our study of the Bible. So thanks so much for being here.
1: Well, thank you for the invitation again.
0: Wonderful. To our listeners, we hope you've been encouraged by today's program. To find out more about what God is doing at Grace School of Theology, we invite you to visit us online at partnerwithgrace.org. From there, you can find out more about our global initiatives, how to become a student, or register for our free course entitled The Grace of God. This course features powerful teaching from three of Grace's theological scholars and will help you truly understand the depths of God's grace. In addition, we welcome your questions and comments. You can email us at savinggrace.com at gsot.edu or follow us on Twitter at Saving Grace Cast. Thanks for joining us and remember, the love of Christ can never be earned and can never be lost.
1: You have been listening to Saving Grace,
0: a podcast ministry of Grace School of Theology. For more information, visit gsot.edu slash saving grace. Views expressed on this podcast may not always be the views of Great School of Theology
1: or its leadership.